Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Started, man. Uh, okay. Do you want to do like a little intro? Because I'm all I'm feeling kind of like hot underneath the collar. If I had a collar, I have something <laughs> I want to talk about. Yeah, so we could, we could just get right into it. Okay, so uh Brand Ambition fam, we're recording a few days early this 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 time because um I'm going on vacation. Woohoo! Oh my god, I can't wait. You know how they say there's studies that show that you're never happier about vacation than the week before you go on vacation? <laughs> Even more so than when you're actually on vacation. Yes, and then the week yeah, so I feel like I'm at peak excitedness right now. <laughs> um so forgive us if we miss a few days worth of news. We'll get to that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have to start things off by talking about Leanne La Beauty Havas. Do you know Leanne La Havas? No. Have we talked about her before? So she is this British, like, beautiful singer, singer-songwriter. She's like, it's hard to describe her music. It's kind of like a mix of uh, R&B, soul, folk. She's kind of like a Corinne Bailey Ray, Lauren mm. like, Hill vibe. She's amazing, okay? Um, she's kind of, she's not huge, huge, but she's big-ish, I'll say. I've been to two of her shows. I went to her show in September. She performed in New York, and we just went and actually spent a pretty penny getting good seats for her show that she did um, earlier this month at the at a, a venue also downtown Manhattan. Anyway, I love her music. Like, everyone loves her. And, like, there was nothing – it was probably the crowd, like, 75% just, like, black women at her shows. Like, women love Leanne. Anyway, all that aside, she went on a Twitter raid today. So the Brit Awards were this weekend or this week, yesterday or the day before or something like that, right? The Brit mm-hmm. Awards. That's like the Grammys of Britain. Yeah, I saw. Mm-hmm. So you know how they had the hashtag Oscar so white? Yes. They had the hashtag going Brit so white because I think someone wrote that like, well, anyway, the vast majority of nominees were white. And then, of course, the winners were white. Okay. Leanne, who I think she was nominated, she was definitely there. I mean, she's British. It totally makes sense. She is, she, is, she, is she white, black? She, oh, yeah. I should have said that. So she's mixed. She's biracial, okay. half Jamaican, half Greek. Okay. She's Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, she has like big, beautiful, natural hair. She, I mean, you could just, I have to, before I tell you why I'm so, or everyone's so upset at Leanne right now, I have to talk about like, when, when women of color talk about Leanne, like, they feel like that sense of ownership in her because she rocks the natural hair. She's a beautiful black woman. She feels like, you know how we get really attached and we're like, oh, she's ours. She's for us. Like, you know how, kind of like Beyonce, but like on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. So she came out on Twitter don't know why, denouncing the Brit so white hashtag. 
And it wasn't just the fact that she was saying that the hashtag, she called it horrible and she called it racist. She she said that um, she wanted to be removed from any reference to it. And she deleted all these tweets. So thank you, Blavity.com, for curating all these people who took Ooh. screenshots. You know, people aren't going to let anyone get away with anything, you know. There's always it, a screenshot. Oh. You cannot use Twitter and think you can delete stuff and it's just never it's just going to go away. <laughs> Unless like, you're nobody. It's 2016. I know. Unless you're like Edward Snowden. But even then. <laughs> so anyway, she's like going back and forth, tweeting at people, just random people, talking about how she doesn't think that we should be using it. It's very offensive. Saying every like 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 Stacy Dash level stuff like oh well if there was a hashtag Brit so black there'd be an outrage so why isn't the other way around and then she caps everything off with one single tweet one single hashtag all lives matter oh gosh what <laughs> <laughs> where is your where is your Jamaican father. <laughs> you don't understand i just read this i was busy all day i didn't see i didn't notice this happening i didn't feel the ripple in the matrix when this happened on twitter but i i was just reading it a minute ago and oh man why and then she deleted everything and all that's left is like a tweet saying she's gonna go visit her grandma right now yeah i, like, I bet you your, are <laughs> your grandma's who you go to when you know you did wrong yeah, and you want someone to love you anyway <laughs> Right, Granny's like it's okay, baby. <laughs> uh, it's just really disappointing, and uh, people are. Blavity has a hilarious story. Oh, I want to um, read. What's her name again? Leanne. Leanne. L i a n n e. Okay. Her music is is good. I'm not gonna do, but you know what? Um. Anyway, so the Blavity story. The Blavity story is called Seventeen Hilarious Reactions." I see it. To Leanne Lahavas becoming a problematic fave because she was everyone's fave. She was like the prom queen, you know? Ah, oh, damn. And it's not even like the Beyonce level where I feel like Beyonce was so huge that everyone was waiting and like they were really expecting Beyonce to speak out. And that's why everyone was so excited about the formation video because they were like, finally, we, we've been waiting for someone of her caliber mm-hmm. to call people out on this. With Leanne, there's not all that pressure there. But at the same time, she's not so huge. She's not a central figure in black America at all. She's British for one thing. Um, and, I mean, I'll get to that as well. I think her being British plays a big role in her point of view. Um, I don't. I, I, although I think that the UK has maybe not as many problems with the police because police don't even carry firearms in the UK. But I'm, I'm going to venture a guess that blacks in the UK are not treated all the time as equally as, as whites, yeah. just like it is here. She even tweeted at someone who was saying, I thought you were half Jamaican. She's like, listen, I don't mean to, she's like, no offense, bad idea. Whatever you have to start a sentence oh, like that. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Oh, wait, just stop. No offense, but I'm also half Greek, is what she responded. Oh, okay, well. Just yo, because, ugh, go ahead. Honestly, it's so hilarious because I'm like looking through, the, like Blavity has no chill. No <laughs> chill. It's like. Number one tweet, it's about to go down. The second tweet is like the picture of like, what is John John Legend's wife? Chrissy Teigen. The Chrissy yes. Teigen reaction face. Yes. <laughs> and there's like the, the, the Beyonce like, ooh, face. Yes. <laughs> Yo, it is hilarious. Oh, you know what? The thing is, with social media, you just, I don't understand. What I don't get is that regular everyday people know not to wild out on social media. What is wrong with celebrity brains? Like, I know not to put anything crazy on social media. Like, my friends know. I've never really read anything crazy from them. 
Why is it so difficult for somebody who has a huge following to say, you know what, I might, this might not be a good idea? Because everybody loves celebrities and they're so used to putting a tweet out there and everyone's laughing and loving them and oh, retweeting mm-hmm. it and they just love me, love me, love me. And they get in that mode and they start to think everything I say matters. Everything I say is has a point and I need to say it. Like they just get in that mode and then it's when they say something stupid. Yeah. You know, somebody wrote, wow, Leanne LaHavis broke my little black heart. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yes. Why? Yeah. I mean, like, and I get it. I, I will say this, that, I mean, it's hard to see perspective if you one, are not kind of like inundated in that culture or you don't know anyone of that culture. Like, for example, yes. when um, when Beyonce, remember she did that uh, recently, that video with Coldplay and she was wearing like Indian garb? Uh, oh, I never watched that. Like Indian of India, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a no And no-no. so I didn't, and so at first I was like, oh, she looks pretty. It didn't even click. And then someone was like, oh, it's cultural appropriation. And, and it didn't, I'm not going to lie, that wasn't my knee-jerk reaction. But then I thought to myself, you know what? I could see that. It's just because I'm not Indian, so I did not have that reaction. But if I saw Kesha dressed in, like, ni- like cultural Nigerian clothes, and, like, I'd be like, what? What is she doing? Because, you know, so I can see how sometimes it's it, you can miss these um, these cues if you're not a part of certain cultures. But I think what's important is that then when someone educates you and says, hey, this is why, that you kind of take a step back and you're like, you know what? I could see that. Or like, you know, if, if I was in that person's shoes or if that was my culture or that was my experience, I can see how, you know, it's not hard to have empathy for someone else by just really taking a step back. It's just that people refuse to to do so on both sides. So it's not just a, whatever the argument is. I see that, you know, more and more. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Social media is like so depressing these days because it's just so much, you know. It is, yeah. It is. And so, but and what I'm seeing is I like... we're all tired of responding to it too, but... We are, like, honestly. At this I'm point, big. if you're not woke, then no one's going to wake you up. Like, yeah. You don't <laughs> want to be woke. You're like, no. You're like, you have... okay. You threw your alarm clock against the wall and you're just like, no, don't... And honestly, I'm not trying to wake anybody up. I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to get by day by day. You know, I'm yeah. just trying to make sure I, I, I take my vitamins in the morning, which by the way, gummy vitamins are everything. I just took <laughs> my two gummy vitamins earlier. Are you just yes. discovering this? No, but it's just, I mean, I'm, it's so crazy, but literally every morning I'm like, okay, when? Okay, so right before breakfast? No, wait. Okay, wait, wait. Because they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. I'm like, should I take one now and one later? <laughs> they are so delicious. It is sinful. I'm like, I'm sure there's like no nutritional value in the vitamins that I have, but darn it, I take them every morning with joy. <laughs> I mean, there's a placebo effect too, if it makes you feel better. Yes, it does. It puts a smile. I don't care what kind of morning or what kind of dream I had. When I see that jar of gummy vitamins on my, my, um, in my bathroom, on my bathroom sink, I'm like, yes, you and me. <laughs> oh, speaking of joy, can we please talk about Virginia McLaurin? 106-year-old Virginia McLaurin, who got to visit the yes. White House and shake her little 106-year-old yes. booty. Yes, that with, was cute. With the Obamas. It was so cute. First of all, how was that so hilariously different from the other older lady that they, that they um, <laughs> remember? The other older lady. Oh, what was her oh, name? Oh, Flossie? Yes. Oh, so we didn't talk about that last week, but Tiffany and I got a little chuckle out of the BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, I think, or not BuzzFeed, this was like a, a local report in Seattle. Yep. 100 and, how old was she? 114 or something? Something like that. 110. Her name was Flossie. Just Google Flossie. Yes. 
Old, and uh, Flossie is the sassiest oldest lady. They're like, hey, Flossie. She's drinking her little coffee. Like, why are you here? And they're like, are you excited about your birthday? She said, not one bit. Yeah. <laughs> she said, not one bit. <laughs> Yo, it was a laugh. She was not even going to speed up her, her, her cadence of voice for this woman. It's the best four minutes you can spend on the internet, I would say. But Miss Virginia is uh, not, is not sassy. She's just happy. It's so yeah, sweet to see her joy. Yeah, that was really sweet. I was like, that's right. You just dance it on up, you know? <laughs> but that was just hilarious. Like, between the two of them, it's been a, it's been a great week for old people. But, you know, I'm, I'm really starting to feel, and it wasn't just because of that, that viral video of the little girl, the little black girl crying about Obama leaving. Did you see that Aww. one? Yes, I saw that one. Oh, It wasn't just because of that, but I'm starting to really, and I get the sense everyone is starting to really feel sad about the end of the Obamas. And yeah. I think what's really making it for me is just like the insanity of this, of this presidential race right now. I had to put my head on my desk earlier today because Trump won Nevada this week. He's probably going to sweep some states on Super Tuesday next week. I cannot believe... Yeah. We are letting this happen. And no. I don't know what to do. I, I, I just, every headline is another dagger in my heart. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how we allowed this to happen. If it was the media, if it's just like there was way more racist and bigots in America than I ever thought possible. I guess that's the answer. Any other buzzworthy things? Well, one last thing I wanted to share. So I, earlier this week, I was, I wrote a story for Yahoo about did you ever hear about that startup that launched last fall called Swan Love? No. Swan L-U-V. So this was, from the very get-go, a ludicrous uh, pr- uh, platform for a startup. They promised that they were going to loan couples $10,000 for their weddings, no strings attached, so long as they stayed married. If they got divorced, they were going to get the $10,000 back with interest. If they stayed together, they can keep the ten grand forever. So... Okay, crazy premise. How are you going to finance that? How, 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 why? So this was back in November. At the time, they had everyone go to their website and sign up for their list. Oh, they were basically like saying, put your email on the list. And when we launch Valentine's Day 2016, you'll be the first to be able to apply for the Swan Love wedding uh, funding or whatever it was called. And then Valentine's Day rolls around and people went to the website and it wasn't working and they were told to wait 24 hours like one lady i talked to named kiana she's 22 years old from shreveport louisiana she went back the next day and the site was just down so she went to the facebook page and there they posted a letter saying we're really sorry to let you guys know we decided to change our business strategy basically change the whole way the platform works and instead of giving you guys ten thousand dollars we're going to allow you to raise money from your friends and family up to ten thousand and then if you get divorced, you owe them the money back. What? So they completely lopsided on their on their initial promise. And I mean, not that any any reporter who initially covered it was that surprised because it sounded crazy, right? They said yeah. they they said they were overwhelmed by the interest. No duh. Right? <laughs> no duh. I mean the Trader Joe's sample line goes out the wall okay for a teeny little paper cup I, sometimes i'm asking myself when i'm at trader joe's why am i standing in this line for a teeny tiny little paper cup <laughs> with a baby-sized morsel of pretzel why? Ah, yeah, you're there you're like i don't care i'm getting my pretzel it's free so you want it right <laughs> yes oh yeah yeah so i couldn't even get in touch with the ceo because they are obviously just hiding under a rock somewhere but they said that they people so many people t- 
so many people signed up that they would have had to shell out $2 billion. Wow. $2 billion. <laughs> Maybe you should have thought about that. Right? Maybe. Like, who's not going to go for free money? Yeah. So that was just, that was a nutty story. But you know what? I, I talked to like four or five really upset brides-to-be. And the comments, of course, were really negative, saying, you know, why would you ever expect anybody to pay for your wedding? This is trashy. But as someone who's planning a wedding, I can re- I can I I I right? empathize with these women. You know, if there was a chance for 10k, I would I would snatch that up in a heartbeat. Exactly. And people always act. You know, one thing my friend told me that my friend Mark said because I was like having like a hard time with um I was doing something nice for like a group of people and somebody was complaining and I'm like, but it's nice and it's free. I don't understand. And he said, <laughs> Tiffany. My mentor told me you could literally stand in the middle of Times Square with a stack of $100 bills, giving them one to each person. And somebody will say, this is not enough. The next person will say, mm-hmm. you know, this is too much. The next person would say, well, how come they get the same amount as me? I have more bills that no matter what you do, that there's always going to be someone, not everyone and not even most, but there will always be someone to complain, even if it's something good and free and amazing. Mm-hmm. And so you just learn that like, just got to kind of roll with it. Like, well, there's always going to be some pushback, you know, when it comes to. Have you ever listened? There's another, this reminded me of, I was listening to one of my really, one of my new favorite podcasts. It's called Strangers. Mm -hmm. And it's basically stories about strangers doing things, you know, it's just, it runs the gamut. But there was a recent story that this woman produced and put together about a, a woman in Wisconsin who just decided to donate a kidney. Like, mm. just decided to donate it anonymously, or not anonymously, but to donate it to somebody. Okay. And she went to this website called donormatch.com or something where you can find people who are looking for donors. They basically set up profiles saying, you know, here's my story. I really need a kidney. I'm 75, I'm 55, whatever. So she picks someone that she likes. She's an older woman in her 60s and she's pretty healthy. Anyway, Blah, blah, blah. She's giving this woman one of her organs that she does not need to give anybody. It's hers. She could keep it like most of everybody else because no one just gives kidneys unless you really know someone who needs it, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, she's gotten so much crap from people who are upset because she chose someone who's older. They're upset because she chose someone at all. They think that she's playing God. She should have done it anonymously. <laughs> You know, like, uh, why didn't she give it? And I'm just like, but she's giving an organ. I, I don't understand. What is that? Like, let's really talk about that because I, I'm not going to lie. I've been struggling with that this week. Um, like, in my business, like, I can't even tell you, Mandy. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to close the shop and then you guys can help yourself. Mm. Because I just don't get how, like, I don't understand. I'm like, but it's free. Someone actually emailed me to say, hey, you know, I'd like, you know, half an hour of your time and, you know, to like I'm doing your challenge, which is free. You know, I'm in the group, which is free. Thank you for all the resources, which are free. But I want you to talk to me on the phone, stranger, that I don't know. And I just said, honestly, like I don't have the bandwidth to, to, to do one-on-ones, but I could certainly suggest one, someone to you or even better. The group is free. And if you post your question in the group, I will tag the appropriate person that can help you get your response. You know, mm-hmm. that was not enough. It was well, I think you're selfish and oh. I, you know what? This might not be the right program for me. The free program. I was like, am I unaware of some payment that she made? This oh, might God. not be the right program. And I just thought, and I just, I didn't even know what to say. There, literally, I have nearly 90,000 people doing this free thing and it's just not possible for me to get on the phone 
And I, you know, I tried to explain it because I always, I always feel like, you know, that sometimes people reach out to me and I know that they're, they're scared or they're afraid. And I understand that. So I try, you know, even when I'm upset with them, I never you take that tone, you know, I'm not going to lie. I might say it out loud, but I'm not going to write you back that way because <laughs> I always believe you should lead with kindness. But it took everything in my body. I had to step away from the computer like mm. I just, I just, and it's days like that. And it's been happening more and more where folks are just like, you mean to tell me you can't give me more? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Cause I'm just like, I'm, if people only knew, like, I know that the things that like, you know, especially if you, you, if you're giving kind of like for a living and I see like this with other brands that give a lot, like, I don't think people understand just how much it costs. I have literally spent my life savings to like create some of the things that I give away absolutely for free because it's just that important to me that I, I always knew that I wanted to live a life of service. And like I was putting that before almost everything at some point. And then finally, like last year, I was like, okay, Tiffany, we're not trying to be broke old lady. So you got to start setting aside for your future, which I'm doing and I'm much, much better now. But I have given away so much and I'm like, why? So you want my leg? You want this finger? You want my kneecaps? You know, I just don't get it. And sometimes it could just be so frustrating that you're just like, you know what? Because honestly, I don't get any really no any money from the free stuff. And that's fine because that's not honestly, that's not why I do it. It just makes me feel really good to know that people are better. And so most of my money comes from speaking at different organizations. So like a large organization or a school or a church, they'll pay me. And so I live off that money. And then in the interim, I give away like the other things for free to individuals just so because I like to do that but honestly that people have you questioning whether you should help them and even though I know the vast majority are grateful it's the people who are the loudest are always the meanest and the negative ones and it just it makes you not want to do it anymore and it's been a rough week for that I'm just like man there are days where I'm like man I'm about to shut this whole group down there's 70,000 people nearly in this group y'all gonna be on your own because I just can't take another negative email or nastiness behind the scenes because I won't do some some additional free thing for someone on top of everything else that I give you know but it's just it has been like a rough week and I'm just like uh like all of my entrepreneur friends I always lean on them and I'm like what do you do and some days they have bad weeks too and other days I'm you know you let it roll off your back but you're just not inhuman it's just I don't know honestly what what you're supposed to do I'm hoping that with time I'll grow past this this every every I notice every year I always have one new mental hurdle to get over. There was like a jealousy year that I had. There was a self confidence year, and I feel like this year is the maybe it's like the sensitivity year where like I'm extra sensitive to people being critical. I don't know, but yeah, it's just been a rough week. But yeah, so if you're listening and you're part of the Dreamcatchers group, please be nice. Sheesh. <laughs> I think with you, it's probably taken time because taken this long because people really identify with you personally. They like you first. Then they love what you do and that, you know, that you have that halo effect for a while. Yeah. And they're like, no, we're taking you down. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go on a brown break. You want to go first? Because I went first the last couple of times. Oh, I had one. Now you're going to make me forget it. (laughs) I knew I should have written it down. (laughs) Ah, Old lady brain. Hold on. Just give me two seconds and I'll think about it. Do you have an old lady name? I feel like you should have one, Mandy. My name is Wanda, and I need you to have one. I need an old lady name? Yes. Everybody has to have an old lady name. So my old lady name, I came up with it because when I it was one of my strategies for like saving for retirement. So when I was making choices and I wasn't sure, I would ask myself, 
what does Wanda need? And Wanda's my old lady, my 80-year-old self. Mm. And so I would decide like, well, I really don't want Wanda to eat cat food. So, (laughs) (laughs) and so that, but then it became like a fun game, like with my friends, like, "Mm, my Wanda and your Gertrude, they're going to be fighting on the, um, fighting over the old men at the, uh, the, I don't know. home. Yes. At the nursing home or like, you know. If I'm in a nursing home, just shoot me. Just get me (laughs) out of there. So you have to think of an old lady name. That is your homework for next week. Everyone should think of an old lady name and tweet it to us at the BA podcast. I want to know your old lady name. Yeah, who you saving for? Mm-hmm. My grandma's name was Doris. That's pretty good. Ooh, I like that. Oh, that's a nice old lady name. Dory, they called her. Oh my god, I think that is like the most adorable old lady name. But then Dory? Her, her middle name was also. You sound like my grandpa just then. Her middle name was also Eleanor. So those are also two Dory wow. Eleanor. <laughs> Can you imagine as a baby? I guess I'm. A, I'm assuming Doris and Eleanor probably. You know, were like probably like regular names when she was a kid but like now it's like double whammy old lady name which i I love that's how i feel about kids you have grown-up names as a babies (laughs) like george (laughs) like frank (laughs) yes frank is such a grown man who like works hard and like comes home and just wants his dinner and doesn't want to and doesn't want any lip from you or like you know what i love i kind of love and hate it when people name their dogs like those serious names like oh this is my dog joseph (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You I know a dog named Phil. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, I do. He's a schnauzer. He's very regal. <laughs> when I get a dog, I'm totally going to name them like a regular name. Like, oh, this is my dog, Amanda. Why <laughs> <laughs> <Not> Amanda? <laughs> sounds like, a, sounds like, a, like a, a dig at me. <laughs> no, it just came to mind. <laughs> so I still haven't remembered my brown break. You go first. Okay, so my brown break it's kind of related to the social media thing kick that we're on. So have you ever been on Facebook and you see someone say, goodbye, cruel world, I'm leaving Facebook, or I need a Facebook break. And then they make an exit, like a, a public exit on social media. So my brown break is these public exits on social media. I was in a group recently and a guy was like, I don't like the way the posts are going. I'm leaving. This, is, this group is not what it used to be. And somebody wrote underneath this post, you know what? This is a group of over 70,000 people. Nobody would have missed you if you left. Goodbye. Burn. <laughs> and I, yes. And I'm just like, I think that just seems so unnecessary and so dramatic. Why are you making a public exit? Why not just go? Like, if you're going to take a break from Facebook, take a break. Start now. <laughs> or, or if you're going to leave a group, just leave the group. People don't need like an exit like post and so yeah I have a very dear friend of mine who in college every like two months would delete her Facebook profile and we whenever you know like back then you used to be able to tell because um you would lose like 200 photos because every photo they had tagged you in or posted of you they would when they deleted their profile it would go away oh so I would lose like 500 photos be like oh there goes Denisha she's gone and we just laugh about it (laughs) But she always would text us, yeah, I know. So she'd always be like, listen, you guys, I just can't anymore. And I'm like, some people just think you think about them a lot more than you do. Yeah. We all, I think we all are like that. I'm always like, oh, man, are they thinking that I'm like rude because I left the elevator door closed on them, but I didn't yes. mean to. Or like, people don't think about you as much as you think you do. Yeah, honestly, you do. you're right. I, I'm always the one like – that is a bad habit. And I find that guys don't do that as much as most girls that I know. Mm-hmm. One of my friends, he is like the king of like not thinking about other people in that way. One time he came over, we were hanging out and I was like, Shh, stop being so loud. My roommates, this is like a, a years ago. Stop being so loud. My roommates. 
And then my roommates actually came home. And he was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) And that just stuck in my mind because I thought to myself, Tiffany, you're always so overly accommodating for people who, one, don't care. And your roommates weren't even here. You're accommodating them. And so I told myself to stop. I think because I came from a big family. You know, I have four sisters. So you always have to be accommodating. But I know for a fact that I'm overly accommodating. And like, yeah, I always remember being quiet for roommates who weren't even home for two hours. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. (laughs) That's just called being courteous. I feel guilty because I'm the opposite of that. (laughs) I come in like a wrecking ball wherever I go. (laughs) I come in like a wrecking ball. I actually kind of like that song. I'm not going to lie. It's a great song. It is. The video is weird. But it's a good song. Yeah. So that's that's your brown break? No, 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 no. My brown break was just going to be work because I'm finally leaving. And it's been almost a year. <gasps> and for me taking any time off, I didn't even take off Christmas. I think that's why I'm so desperate. Oh, girl, I thought you said leaving. I thought it meant like you were leaving, like quitting. I was like, on air? This oh. is your... Girl, <laughs> you had me like... I'm like, she's taking it awfully light. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, quitting's not the worst thing to ever happen to anybody. It happens that's all the time. True. <laughs> um no i'm just taking this taking this time off i'm gonna go i'm already resent i'm already regretting how short it is it's only eight days and i'm thinking man we should have done two weeks this is what i mean like you're never as happy for vacation <laughs> yep until you're ready to you're, ready like, to go on and right before. before you're about to go so brown break from work brown break from email brown break from bosses brown break from writing mm-hmm. brown break from telephones ringing all day long this is going to be very nice Right. I want to know if you guys have any vacations planned. Where are you going? Spring break. That's what I'm trying to avoid personally. Yeah. When is spring break? It's like this month. I feel like it gets earlier. It's like this month and through early April. That's when people do spring break. Mm. I think it depends on what part of the country you live in. Down south, it's mid-March. But well, anyway. I, I just, I'm trying to think, when is the next place I'm going? I, I mean, honestly, the two, I'm supposed to go on vacation, but I just have not been in the mind state to like, because for me, vacation is like game on to plan it because, you know, I'm like always looking for the best deal and doing the research and I just can't buy a vacation. So the the planning of it is stressful in itself. But well, I, I have do- an easy solution for you. Just uh, plan a vacation with your Dominican in-laws <laughs> and they will just make it impossible for you to plan anything because they will not have their act together. And then you'll just go. You'll just they'll one day they'll call and say, we're ready to go. And then you just book your flight two weeks before the vacation. <laughs> well, you're going done <laughs> but yeah no i i mean the good thing is that i do have like i think in july i'm booked to speak once in like miami and then another in la and california and and superman and supergirl are going to come with me to california so i'm excited it's their first trip to california so we're going to go to la and then we're going to drive to san diego and like hang out with my girl diessa who's one of my faves um and just like enjoy and then i actually got booked to speak um, in New Orleans in December. And I'm curious, for those of you who live in NOLA, how is New Orleans in like November, December? Is it really cold and chilly? Just so I know. I think a little chilly, but at least you won't have the humidity of the summertime and the fall. Yeah. No, but New Orleans is in December. Yeah, you won't have that, all that humidity. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because I remember New Orleans is the first time that I actually... Um, what is it de- that I actually was like officially dehydrated? Like I was walking down the street. I didn't know what was wrong with me, but <laughs> I thought I had never felt like that before. And I'm like, is something wrong, Tiffany? I just, I was literally weaving through the street. I felt like I was drunk and I stumbled into a gay bar and I knew it was a gay bar. Cause they all looked at me like, uh, I think you might be in the wrong place. It was all men. Mm. And, but he could just tell that he, I was like, I don't, 
I don't feel well. He said, ooh, honey, that, um, the, uh, the heat done got to you. And I was like, well, he's like, you're dehydrated. So they made me sit down and they pumped me full of water. And he was right. I didn't even know. I'm like, it's this really, dehydrated. It's really hard to stay hydrated at conferences. Do you notice that? Yes. Because, well, you first to carry of all, around your own water supply. Yeah, you do. But, um, oh, I wanted, I wanted to ask earlier if you guys have vacations you got planned or dream vacations you want to write us about. That'd be fun to share. You can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Or if you have vacation disasters you want to share too. Those are always fun. Oh, God, I'm going to jinx myself. Knock on wood. I don't want a disaster. I don't want the Zika virus. That's my biggest <laughs> fear. No, the Zika, the Zika is in Dominican Republic. That's where I'm going. Yes. And my mother sent me because she's a nurse and she always sends me stuff. So she sent me like an email with like updates and stuff. So she's like obsessed with like, I don't know, diseases. Okay, she's don't tell like, me anything. I don't want to know before I go. <laughs> I got I got 100% DEET. Okay. And long sleeves. You know, And you don't have to, for Dominican Republic, you didn't have to go get like any shots, right? Uh, nope. But I hope not. No, I don't think so. Doubtful. Nope. Anywho, I think that wraps up Brown Breaks. Mm-hmm, I believe so. We got to do some tips, man. Yeah, we got actually quite a few emails about your pack underwear confession. Oh, you know what? I know people were like, oh, Tiffany wears pack underwear. Yes. I have no problem being honest about it. <laughs> I'm wearing a pack. I'm wearing underwear from a pack as we speak. Okay. Congrats. <laughs> I know. No, but I do want to switch. I want to change my ways. So what did they say? What did they say? Well, what's funny is, well, a couple people had recommended some places. One of them said Journal, which... Okay. In my experience, it's a very kind of expensive lingerie place. Okay. Someone said Nordstrom, Macy's, okay. department stores, department stores. But one woman, I'm not going to call her out because I don't think she wants her business out there, <laughs> was talking about how she wears pack underwear, but she throws them away every month. Oh. Every month? Who throws every- her underwear away every month? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not about that I life. I still have underwear from college. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm not going to lie. I still have underwear. From co- I'm like, you can hold one more, more week. time of the month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got your special, like, yeah. No, okay. So, but I did, I, somebody, you guys tweeted me, thank you so much. Like, someone tweeted me um, at the Budgetista um, that Nordstrom's was a good place, but it's a little pricey. But I think I'm going to try Kohl's this weekend, and I'm also going to try Macy's, uh, because, you know, Macy's always has coupons on coupons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what I probably have to do is, like, what Mandy said, is that, right, you said, like, once I kind of find, like, a brand that I like, then I can just, that can be my go-to brand. That's really the problem is that it's hard for me to find, like, underwear that fits that are comfortable and so I have to kind of go through a few of them before I find like this is my go-to brand I could just pick up my underwear whenever I'm ready for it because I still got to find like bras that I like so I know I got to get fitted by Nordstrom so you know I'm gonna gonna keep you guys updated with my underwear situation since you're so interested (laughs) listen everybody has to wear well everyone should wear underwear (laughs) it's a universal topic all right, so let's get into some real questions. I think we can do two this week because we have a couple. Well, we have one last week that we wanted to get to that we forgot about. For our friend Darla, Darla wanted to know, how do you respond to a family mem- family member who asks you to borrow money? That's a good one. Have this, I've had this happen to me. Has this happened to you? Um, has it? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But... I always say it depends who it is. So 
And how much? Yes, because honestly, typically, like my family members don't ask. So on occasion, like a sister of like will ask, but that's rare. Like I can honestly say, my older sister Karen has never asked. My sister Tracy, in all of our years, has asked me once. The baby, she doesn't count. She's just a she's a revolving door of money. So she doesn't ask to borrow money. She just says, "Can I have?" So you know. No, the baby. Yes, you know the baby of five girls. So she's just like a baby. Um, but so it depends. So if if I was lending money to my my sisters, my older sisters, and anybody but the baby, then I know that it's something serious. So because it's it's such a rare occurrence, I'm like, you need to borrow money. Are you okay? You know. Now the baby, I'm like, what do you need it for? What am I gonna get it back? What are you gonna do with it? Show me what you got because I already know that her borrowing money might not be the best use of whatever she's gonna do with my money. But other than that, like my parents don't ask. My extended family does not ask. So I'm really fortunate. But Superman, oh my gosh, he is the bank of Superman. I mean, a day does not go by. Like literally he lent money to a cousin, just got it back. And not even, a, but not even two days later, they asked to borrow money. I'm like, like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, and I told him, I'm like, at some point you have to just say, this is ridiculous because they're not even giving it back to you for you to have it. They're giving it back to you to hold for them for when they need it next time. <laughs> And so, like a Kiva loan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can you hold this for me? Because you know I'm gonna need it next week. That's an interesting situation. It's not quite what she was talking about. But what do you do when your partner? It's your partner who's giving money to family. uh, And when you're even, I bet it's even worse when you're married and your money is tied up together. Yes. You know. So this is what I've done to help with me and Superman because we live together and we share finances and stuff. And so what I learned is this is what works best for him is that. Before, like his check when he gets it, we I sat down. We we talked about his goals, and then we had his check from his job automatically split into those goals. So he has a daughter who's nine, so he puts money in her her college fund. We we have a joint savings account, so money automatically goes there. He has a, a bills account, so money automatically goes there. So basically, everything is kind of split already. And then kind of what's left, I've learned that he could do whatever he wants with it because he's already taking care of the things that he's supposed to be responsible for. And so I just learned to be like, well, if he wants to lend out, lend his money away, then okay. It's not, you know what I mean? So I've just learned to just be like, as long as what needs to be taken care of is taken care of, that excess is really his choice and his decision. And honestly, it speaks to his character because he's just a really generous, nice person. Although sometimes it like just, it just blows my mind how generous he is. But ultimately, it doesn't take away from our household. Yeah, I would say when it comes to family members or even friends, every time I, and it's not, that's not, terribly often but whenever I give money to people or loan money to people I always think okay that was not a loan that was a gift and I don't want to get that money back and I don't need that money back and if I can feel okay saying I definitely don't need this money back then I'll loan it because I feel like if you're going to lend family members money you have to be realistic with the fact that they may not pay you back yeah you know they may really be needing it and I think every family member wants to say when they're asking for money, oh, well, it's going to be a loan. I'll pay it back. I'll pay it back. But you, I don't know. I, I, I feel like when I give money away, I'm not expecting it back. It's great if it comes back. Yeah. But that just, for me, that instantly reduces that tension. It instantly removes any sort of future, um, any tension or any chance of an argument because I don't have anything to be you know upset about in my own head. That was a loan that I, a, a gift that I gave somebody. Um, so that's my litmus test. I'm like, can I afford, I'll only give what I can afford not to give back. Yes. That is definitely a good idea. That's what I'm saying. 
But what if it's somebody important? Like, what if it's like your mom who's like, you know? Oh, I definitely wouldn't want that back. Yeah. No, but meaning like, like, what if your mom is like, you know, we don't have it and we, we really need help and you really don't, it's, it, it would put a strain on you to give, you know what I mean? Like there's certain people who are can easily be like, no girl, bye. And there's certain people you're like, oh, do I put myself in financial harm's way to make sure my mom is okay? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, no, I agree. But I'm just saying that like, what if like, but what if your mom or someone like that, someone who, you know, looked after you, took care of you is constantly mm-hmm. coming because I've had that. I mean, I, I get this from a lot of women, especially women in my age range, especially women of color who have, you know, they're the first in their family to go to to go to um college they're making the most in their family and people who kind of help them along the way grandma mom so not just random auntie and uncle but like those people who really cared for them are literally bringing them down financially and they're like how do I tell my mother no and she needs medication and she needs food and you know well I think that I mean that's a danger that's a that's a I've experienced that. I know people who have too. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's if it gets to the point where they're actually putting a strain on you, then I think it's time for you to have a conversation with them and maybe readjust their expectations of what you can give. Mm-hmm. If they've been looking to you as a, a source of emergency cash, they need to know that that cash is going to run dry and that they won't be able to lean on you and they've been going to you. You know, that's easier to them. That's become the default. And you need yeah. to let them know nicely that, hey, I don't know what you think my situation is, but... I really don't have this much. I can afford to give you this much if you need help. Um, let me help you find another means of income. But I've I've definitely also had one of my, you know, I don't even know, a cousin of a cousin of a cousin email me randomly and was like, yo, cuz, can, can I get a ticket to New York? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, uh, who? Right? Anyway, I'm sorry. Right? Um, I mean. But that's no. easy to say no to. It's, it's definitely hard when it's your family. And I think moms, you know, I've watched – um, I've seen mothers who have a really hard time, obviously, saying no to their kids. Um, the kid might have issues, just whether not just being lazy, but they may have um, issues with drugs or you know other sort of substance abuse, and they become this this huge burden on them. And in that case, it's almost impossible to turn them away. Yeah, it's it, your blood. Yeah, it is. And so the only thing we can say what's what's the woman's name that wrote us? Darla. Darla is that transparency helps sitting down and communication and really sharing like, you know, this is what I can afford to do with those people. And for those people who you kind of know, like if it's your mom and she's like, we don't have food or or medicine, that's something different. But if it's your uncle who's like, you know, we really need help. It's another thing to just be like, you know what? I don't have it because people figure out a way when they know you can't do it. They figure out a way, you know. And and if you let them, if if you show that you're an easy Mm-hmm. to begin with they will remember that and continue tapping the well and exactly. I think women tend to feel like you know they want to like we said earlier we want to please we want to provide we want to take care of people but you have to take care of yourself first and especially if you have a family kids and this goes for men too that's your priority your family yeah. and your kids first just like you said Superman has you know as long as the priorities are paid for first and he can do whatever he wants with the rest mm-hmm. um, don't guilt yourself into giving money to anybody yeah um, question number two this is from, oh, how do I say this? Charlicia. Okay. Charlicia says, oh, she really loved the episode about the FU fund. Yes. And that was all about having a little money set aside um, for you to just say F you, F you to a bad boyfriend, F you to a bad job, F mm-hmm. you to a waiter who, you know, is rude to you for whatever reason, just F you fund. 
Um, so she says, so she's dating somebody. Let me make sure. Oh yeah, I'm dating an amazing man. But when I have mentioned that I have a pot of money of pot of my own money on the side against my mother's advice to not tell him until after we were married, <laughs> he was not receptive to it. She gives us some context. I'm his only girlfriend since college, and he's a person who does not love often but loves hard. Mm-hmm. His parents divorced, um, and he feels like wanting my own little pot of side cash uh, is a sign that I'm not all in. Quote I unquote. see. Okay. She says, "To be honest, I struggle with this too. I don't want to be. I don't want to be planning an exit, but I like the idea of a separate account for whatever may happen. I want to do it, but I don't want to keep that a secret." She wants to know what our thoughts are on juggling an independent, how to be an independent and prepared woman versus making sure that the guy she loves knows that she's 100% all in. I, you know what? I think it was the presentation because, for example, Superman and I, like I said, I have a bills account. He has a bills account. We have a one joint savings account. He has money in his daughter's account. And then he has like other monies, like he has another savings and some other things, but I don't. And it's not a secret that he has those things, but I don't, I don't know what everything is. And I will say he's my boyfriend, so we're not married. But, um, and me too. He knows that I have savings accounts and I have other things, and I have a business with that has its own savings accounts. And so I don't, I didn't present those accounts as a just in case fund because nobody really wants to hear that. That's just <laughs> yeah, a, don't do you, that. You know, like I think hey, you're Superman, right. right? The and I think that exactly. So it, I can see why he's feeling that way because presentation is everything if it's just like oh you have you have your bill money and this is where I have some of my bill money and it's more like that this is just an account that you have because all of our money is not our money you're going to have some money that's yours and I'm going to have some money that's mine it's not money set aside specifically for should I have to leave you you know what I mean so I think if if that I mean I'm not saying that's how you presented it but if that's how you he received it then you might want to go back and say babe this account is not for should I have to leave you. This is just my money. You know, we're paying bills together. We have savings together. Well, see, they're not married. They're just dating. Okay. Yeah. So then that, that's, I think, maybe going back and just saying, like, no, just like you have money. I, I mean, we don't have a, a – a, if you don't have any joint savings and joint money together, then – he has whatever whatever accounts that he has that's not with you. Technically, it's a similar account to, that you have without him. So I just think representing it and repositioning it in a way that it's not a exit strategy fund. It's just a fund. Right. And I think maybe – I think – well, what I'll say initially is that if he's truly upset by the fact that you have a little money on the side, is this an issue that you should be worried about? I think that if a man is threatened by a woman who has a little bit of cash on the side, it can be a – and I'm not saying this is the case at all because I don't know all the context, but I, I feel like it can be a, a sign that he is intimidated by someone having what he thinks as an exit. Like he's afraid that you might leave and actually have the means to leave mm. rather than feeling like, oh, I found a woman who's really independent and can take care of herself and um, is smart and saves ahead. Um, and I don't know if it sounds like he's telling himself that's his, that narrative in his head. Like you said, he's, you know, a child of divorce and so am Mm -hmm. I, and and we see that and we worry. And I think a lot of that worry is maybe happening in his own mind. And he's just sort of projecting that onto you in the savings account. But I agree with Tiffany to talk to him again about it and just let him know you are all in this money is something that you feel is important to have for your own financial security. 
if it's to the point where you guys can do this or want to do this, why don't you present the idea of creating a pot of money you both can save for Mm -hmm. or have, you know, put toward a common goal, whether it's the wedding or or whatnot. But I definitely feel like being open and honest is important. I, I personally, and maybe I did it way too soon because I am just like, I don't have any filter. And I also, because I talk to people about their finances every day, I forget that it's awkward. I forget <laughs> that people don't like doing it. Mm-hmm. And so early on, when when we moved in together, me and my fiance, I was like, okay, what do you have? Where is it at? And here's what I have. And here's where it's at. And I, and I kind of, we continued sort of doing that. And we would, I would, you know, want to make sure, okay, so where are we at with this? Where's the savings? Where's the credit debt? And I mean, not like overbearing, but I'm really, really, because I grew up in a household where money was such a hush hush topic and the only time anyone was talking about it is if they were fighting about it i really wanted to make it more of a positive normal conversation to have and i wanted him to know where i was and for me to know where he was you know i didn't want to go into marriage blind and and uh and i feel like we were stronger because of that i'm not saying it was always easy it wasn't awkward we didn't fight about some stuff you know when i tried to push too much to get the information that i wanted um but I, I don't think you should keep it secret. I think you did the right thing. I think it's just uh, – I think you'll continue probably having this conversation. You'll see. When you're in a relationship, you'll continue talking about the same things and you'll think you get over it. He's down with the savings account and then it will come up a year from now and you'll just have to keep revisiting it and reiterating sort of what you've said before. But I feel like that's just part of relationships. Yeah, it is. And so you just, it's like a dance that you do. I always say, especially in the beginning, I don't know how long you've been dating him. I always say, you know, when you start a relationship, it's like dancing with a guy for the first time or whoever, for the first time on the dance floor. Both of you guys are like trying to figure out each other's rhythm. Like, wait, okay, wait, okay, no, you go first. Okay, wait. And then, you know, the longer you dance, you start to just know people's movements. And then you see people who have been together for a long time and they're in sync with each other because that takes time. And it's okay not to be in sync right away. You know, just learning the keywords and the buzzwords that kind of like make him feel uncomfortable because you might be saying the same thing, but saying it in a different way could change everything. So just give it time and open, open communication and transparency are key. Alrighty. If you guys have any questions, you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Detailed questions are always preferred. And let us know if you wanted to say your name or not. I kind of just call people out. I'm sorry yeah, if you and don't I was, want me to. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that. I was like, so wait. I just feel like if you don't want your name to be said, then you would say, don't say don't my say name. Don't say my name. Yeah. <laughs> say um, my name. Say my name. Do you want to end with any wins? I would love to end with a win. What was my? Oh, my win this week. Well, can we set it up? Actually, do the whole win thing for, okay. e- for editing purposes. Okay. Uh, you go. Do you want to do the win, win, win? Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's like your thing. No. <laughs> All right. So let's start again. Mm-hmm. All right. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I never know the second line. I don't really care. We established <laughs> this last week. I know. So much so that one of my friends texted and they were like, yay, you got the second line. <laughs> oh, well, friend. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's cute. 
our friends are like, what? You have a, you have a podcast? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you don't, I don't know what's I, – I love that they listen, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, you're going to pick apart everything I said this week. Okay, good. Here we go. <laughs> and, uh, I'm glad – I'm glad like, – like definitely a lot of people I know listen, but like as far as like my close, close friends, no. Because I'm like, they're going to be like, really pack underwear, Tiffany? Really? <laughs> <laughs> if they're really close, they should know by now. I, <laughs> so what is your win? My win this week – I don't know if you watch the show Blackish. Do you? Yes. Love it. Did you watch this week's episode? Uh, no, but I saw that clip that you're about to probably give a win to. I haven't seen the clip. What clip? You I just, didn't, I they, didn't do the whole episode. Oh, well, they talked about like when she was like, don't worry, you're not going to get shot. That couldn't be you. And she goes in, they go in to say, yes, that could be you to their kids. Like they were, I guess they were watching a, like a, a case on TV about a young black. Yeah. Yeah. Black. Let me, let me do the whole thing. Okay. I mean, because the whole context for the show is this episode. It was called Hope. Okay. And I knew it was going to be about Black Lives Matter, although they never really said Black Lives Matter in the whole episode now that I think about it. But they were handling the Black Lives Matter movement and all these instances of police brutality against black men and black women. They handled it in such a cool way. And I was I was worried going in. I was like, it's a sitcom. How did they, they're really funny. How are they going to make Black Lives Matter funny? And they managed to do it. And the way that they did it, I mean, the family in the show, it's a mom, a dad, and then four hilarious kids. There's the two twins who are about, how are they, like 11? I don't know how they old, like 9 to 11 years old. I'm really bad at, like, age perception of children. Then you got the older kids who are, like, maybe 15 and 17. And they're all sitting around watching um, CNN. And they are watching, I think it's a it's a fictional case that's happening. They're waiting for to see whether these cops will be indicted for shooting an unarmed black man. Mm. And the entire episode is them in the living room. That's the only set there is. Really? Okay. Yeah, the whole episode from start to finish, they're sitting in front of the TV. It's almost like a play, like a like a one-act play or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids come in and the, the, the young kids want to know why they, – they say, you know, why is everybody so mad? And then the mom and dad are, go back and forth because the dad wants to tell them and the mom wants to protect them and – the teenage son wants to go out because after the indictment comes down and there or after there's no indictment, he wants to go. There's all these riots in the city. He wants to go downtown and the and the dad wants to let him and the mom doesn't. And it's 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 a really, I think, authentic mm. picture of the struggle parents have when their kids can see everything. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day in the 19, the 60s, 70s, like there were no Twitters or Facebooks. You, you could really turn the TV off and that was it. Your kids were not going to see anything. And now there's no way you can't shut off. There's too many screens and outlets. Like kids are exposed to all this stuff. And I just thought the show and Kenya Harris, who's the, um, the I think she's the, the creator and the writer of the show, did an amazing job tackling that subject matter and doing a really authentic depiction of what it's like for families today. I, I saw like a, the clip, a clip of it. And I was like, wow, this is great. So I think I might, I'm not really a big TV person and I never got into blackish because I just don't watch TV, but I think I might, might have to do so. It's a funny, it's quirky. It's so quirky that you'll be surprised they even did black. I thought they would just, you know, I never thought they would do it because mm. it's such a quirky and funny show. I mean, the, first of all, the kids are hilarious. The two little kids, Diane, um, I think her name is Marquise. I might be getting that wrong. Marquise or something like that. Okay. The kids are amazing. And you know, it has, um, Tracy Ellis Ross and Anthony yeah, who I love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a good show, and now I'm, I'm I'll be a loyal fan because I thought that was just really well done. Okay, Blackish, we see you. <laughs> All right, so I found my win via Google on my phone. So apparently, the Oscars, which are happening soon Sunday, I will not see them, and I'm okay yeah. with that. 
And so uh, there are a bunch of black Hollywood stars that are skipping the Oscars to attend a Justice for Flint benefit. Our fave is going to be there, Jesse. You know, we love him. Jesse from Empire? No, Jesse um, uh, oh, Williams. Oh, Jesse Williams. Yes, oh, our fave. Ava DuVernay, another fave, is going to be there. And a bunch of other people. So they're like, you know, and I don't know that it's uh, anti-Oscar statement versus a pro-Flint Michigan statement. You know, what? Uh, I like that. Yeah, me too. Like, it's one thing just to stay home, but why not do something with that time? Like, you know, why not? I just think that this is a great idea. I would love to see, not to say Jada Pinkett Smith doesn't do, like, you know, what she does for um for child. Uh, she does, like, what? Isn't it child? Oh, sex trafficking, sex, like, I think. Yes, you know, so people act like Jada doesn't do anything, but she does. But it would be nice to see that if you're going to stay home from the Oscars, then putting that energy toward something, it doesn't have to be Flint, but towards something else and bringing attention towards something else. Like One thing, I mean, I know this for sure, but it's hard sometimes, is that we have to remember that what you put your energy toward is what you kind of bring forth in your life. So you can be anti-something. I think they quoted uh, uh, Mother Teresa. You know what I was about to say instead of Mother Teresa? I was about to say Queen Latifah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, but the queen is awesome, too. <laughs> so Mother Teresa, they asked her if she would ever attend a, um, an anti-war rally, and she said, no, I would never. And they said, why not? And she said, I would instead attend a pro-peace rally. Because what you put your energy toward, you know, what you focus on is really what you grow in your life. And just reminding, that's just a little reminder for me too, like this week, like put your energy toward good things and that's what you see and that's what you get. And I like that they're putting their energy toward um, something positive versus just anti-Oscars. Oh, I totally agree. That's awesome. Oh, and it's it's co-hosted by Ryan Coogler. He directed Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. You know, I, I, I feel like this is a really, like you said, it's a good reminder to actually do something when you say, oh, if you're not for the state of America right now, then what are you doing to make it better? Mm-hmm. You know, don't wait around for someone to, to fix it for you. That's great. I wonder if they'll, we can be invited now since we support this. I hear it's open. Or is the, it like an event where you have to pay thousands of dollars to go? No, I don't think so. What, for Flint? Where's my, where's my inv- invite at? <laughs> Hashtag justice for Flint. Yes. Oh, the winds, the winds, the winds. I'm glad we always end with a win. It's just a little little up, little uptick. You know, this reminded me real quick of a, a mini win. The New York Times did that whole feature on like what it's like to be in Hollywood if you're not a white man. I didn't see that. It's good. Everyone go to New York Times and look it up. Yeah, it's awesome. It's got it inter- it's yeah, it's up there. It's up there. It's gonna okay. be in the magazine this weekend too, but who you know, you can read it online now. <laughs> oh, oh, I have to say that was <laughs> I know, I get the magazine. I know who reads it. I do because I pay for it, but no one else does. I know that. <laughs> Like, yo, honestly, y'all think that I'm the shady one. Mandy is like, and you know what's so crazy, Mandy? I don't know what it is about me, but all of my friends that I, like, love the most, you have, like, the identical personality to my best friend, Drina, to my COO, who I love, Sierra. Like, all of my, like, friends, not all of them, but a great number of, like, my friends' friends all have the similar, like, like, just lovable, but definitely sassy and like, like mm, this, like shady on on the low sometimes personalities, and I'm like, I wonder why I attract these people. Maybe because secretly I wish that I could be like, mm. <laughs> you're nice, you're a good cop. 
Yes. I'll but be I bad love- cop. I love being bad cop. That's yes, okay. and they do too. Drina- what? Drina loves it. She's like, girl, I start with not liking you and then you earn your way to like it. I'm like, really? <laughs> but she's like, no, I'm always, you know what it is? Is that I'm always like, everybody's great. And she's like, well, let's see. <laughs> I'm totally like that. <laughs> yes, I know. And I'm like, that's why I love Mandy so much. I'm like, you just remind me of all the, all my favorite people. Well, thank people- you, I think. <laughs> that was a backhanded compliment. No, it wasn't. Because I, I just like when people are not afraid to not always have to be lovable. Because I have not quite mastered the art of not feeling like I have to be likable at all times, you know? I feel, like, I feel like by the time you get to Wanda, you'll have learned. Oh, yes. I cannot wait. I feel like Wanda is going to be cussing and fussing and, just, <laughs> and enjoying it. Wanda has zero fucks to give about anybody's <laughs> opinion. Miss Wanda. I can't wait for Miss Wanda. I love Tiffany, but we'll get to Miss Wanda one day. <laughs> so are you Dory? So what you, have you decided? I think I'll be Dory. Okay, Dory. Dory Eleanor when I'm being fancy. Yes. <laughs> when we are signing off Wanda and Dory, we will check y'all later. Uh, next time I talk to you, I will be hopefully three shades browner. Ooh. And uh, nice and relaxed. Yes. All right. Have a great week. You too. Bye. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.